From the Cervera Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWint. Let's get started. Inside the Amazon HQ2 proposal, that's what we're doing today and under the scope for the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Omar DeWint, joined by the uh, man at the helm of the proverbial ship that was to create the proposal on behalf of Miami, uh, Michael Finney. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. We're very excited. Today, it's uh, Wednesday, June 20th in sunny Miami. We're here at the beautiful Beacon Council offices. Thanks for having us here, Michael. Great. So we're going to talk about one of the most exciting and probably, um, uh, you know, most sought after uh, decisions uh, that is happening in cities across the U.S., but really for us here in Miami, is whether or not Amazon will select uh, beautiful South Florida for for the the location of their uh, HQ2 um, headquarters, right? So, Michael, is you're the CEO of the Beacon Council. Can you maybe tell our audience a little bit about uh, Beacon Council and what you all do here um, sure, in the sure. city? Yeah, we serve as the, the region's economic development group. So we're here to help businesses of all types, whether you're a startup or a large established company that's looking for uh, a location to grow in, expand in, or just simply to locate in. Uh, we are, in fact, that uh, direct contact that can really help facilitate connectedness to local units of government, to commercial brokers, uh, and to a variety of other resources that a business may need in order to launch here in Miami-Dade. Okay, excellent. And in terms of uh, you know helping businesses launch or making an economic impact, there's probably no bigger. We haven't seen any bigger than than the proposal for Amazon in the last uh, you know 20, 30, 40 years. Is that fair to say? Well, I've been at it for about 20 years personally. And this is definitely the largest project that I've had an opportunity to work on. And I come from the state of Michigan, Mm -hmm. where we saw a lot of automobile factories, furniture factories, uh, even airplane factories. Uh, But those projects tended to be, you know, 10,000, 5 to 10,000 jobs as opposed to 50,000. Which is what, in terms of setting the stakes, the the Amazon bid would could potentially generate about 50,000 jobs? Yeah, they're forecasting that over about a 15-year period, they would grow to about 50,000 jobs wherever they decide to locate. Wow. So for those that are wondering, is it a good thing or a bad thing if Amazon you know, selects Miami, it would be an amazing thing? <laughs> well, from, from, from our perspective, uh, it, it's such a transformative project mm-hmm. that it will change the face of whatever community it ultimately lands in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it'll change the direction and the trajectory of Miami. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're on a path to becoming a great city. Right. Uh, that if we land HQ2, it will certainly accelerate that path. So, Michael, let's talk a little bit about the process to help us land HQ2. You mentioned you're, you're from Michigan, right? So you landed as the Beacon Council, I think, a few months uh, prior to the bid coming through. Did you, you had, did you know the bid was coming or you didn't know or how, how was that? Yeah, I arrived in June of last year, so it's been one year. And uh, I certainly had no knowledge, and I don't think anyone had any knowledge, that this kind of a project with opportunity would be out there. In fact... Generally speaking, in the economic development world, we work on these things in a very private way. Mm-hmm. So you typically have a company like Amazon uh, hire a set of consultants or either do it in-house. Mm-hmm. But either way, it would usually be a private solicitation as opposed to a public one. And so here we are, we get to September, and, and every major newspaper in the United States 
there was an announcement that Amazon was looking to site another headquarters and hire as many as 50,000 people, invest uh, in round numbers about $5 billion over an extended period. So that got the world excited. <laughs> so for whether you're a realtor or not, I think you can relate when you start a new job, right? You sort of accept, uh, uh, expect that there's about a three to six month period where you're getting you know, your feet wet and getting acclimated, but instead you have sort of the, the biggest proposal land on, on your lap or in front of you as a challenge. What was that experience like? Walk me through that process. Well, first of all, there, there are things that you hope happen mm-hmm. when you arrive in a sure. new role like this. And uh, the first thing that happened is I had a chance to experience a hurricane, which came mm. about the same time that this proposal hit. Sometimes we forget that. And as it turns out, uh, our community was responding to Irma. Mm-hmm. And you know, fortunately, we're a very resilient community. We were very prepared, and the recovery was quick. But because of the timing of it, we lost about a week of our prep time in order to respond to the RFP. So after moving through Irma and beginning working on the RFP, uh, we found ourselves uh, in need of a lot of help. And so the biggest challenge that we stepped up to immediately was organizing this community and our two communities to the north, Broward and Palm Beach, to help us pull together all the data that we were going to need in order to respond to the RFP. And, uh, and that was a bit of an undertaking, especially for a newbie like myself, who was really just getting to know the community, just getting to know all the players. But it certainly accelerated my introduction into the community, and that was a good thing. So, and you talked a little bit about bringing in our, our sister counties to the north. I think you, you've uh, been credited largely in, in the news for that, that decision. Um, so what sort of led you to that? How did you come to that uh, Well, there were two things that happened. So the first was is that uh, Amazon, were, they were very specific in saying they wanted regional proposals. They didn't want to get 100 proposals from every sure. community. So um, we thought it was important to pay attention to that. And, mm-hmm. and in my experience, if you uh, pay attention to what the client is asking you to do, Probably you have helps, a better right? chance of being <laughs> successful than if you ignore the client. So we decided to pay attention to the client, and we reached out to our uh, other sister communities. Sure. And they read it the same way we did, and were very receptive to developing a joint proposal. Uh, we then had a chance to socialize it with all of our leadership, so our, our respective boards, uh, Mayor Jimenez, I had a, a very interesting conversation with him. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, he was very excited about the opportunity to bring in the assets of the other regions, so their technology, their talent, their universities, mm-hmm. et cetera, to be a part of a joint proposal. It made us look much Uh, stronger Mm -hmm. than we might have otherwise looked at had we not included uh, data from the other communities. So it was uh, was a very positive thing all the way around. So then tell me a little bit about how you viewed our, um, you know, our viability. Let's say what, let's start with what made you decide to leave Chicago uh, was being new and having a fresh, uh, and come to Miami, was being new and having a fresh set of eyes in your opinion, uh, an advantage, disadvantage? What was yeah, that like? Yeah. So actually Michigan. So I, I came oh here from God. Michigan. <laughs> we'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I came here from Michigan. And, uh, you know, first of all, I, I've had a chance to visit Florida. Uh, I can't tell you how many times over my life. And, um, but never really had a chance to understand what Miami was all about. So coming here to visit as a part of the interview process was a real eye- eye-opening experience. I mean, I saw uh, a major metro that has incredible upside potential. Mm -hmm. And as I talked to business leaders and elected officials in the community, uh, I became more convinced that this was uh, just a great place to 
finish off my career. And, and I, I really sincerely mean that. Um, you know, I'm accustomed to having uh, beautiful summers and, uh, and interesting winters. Uh, coming here, uh, I get this incredible lifestyle 365 days mm-hmm. a year. And it's one that I appreciate, and I think I have a great understanding as to why so many others do, having been here for a year now. Uh, and just kind of looking at all of that, the, the community is just absolutely ideal for the kind of project that's represented by HQ2. Uh, the, the kind of talent opportunities they're looking for, the quality of living they're looking for, the connectedness that they're looking for to the, the various people and cultures, uh, the diversity they're looking for. I mean, we have all these advantages mm-hmm. that a company like Amazon can take advantage of. Absolutely, and if you had to pick one, what would you say is the number one selling point that Miami has to offer uh, to Amazon? Oh, I think it's the talent. Uh, we have the most diverse population you're going to find. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think as, as Amazon looks at that issue across the various communities, uh, I think that we, we certainly will, will shine. And, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you point that out because as the proposal, the conversation started in the wake of uh, us being included and then subsequently when we made it to the top 20, I, I remember sharing an article, a great article that came out in the Miami Herald on Facebook and just mentioning how excited I was that, you know, and will we be selected? And I was surprised that actually some of the negative sort of commentary that I received, everybody from outside of Miami was super excited for us. And then some of the negative commentary I received was from or friends or, or colleagues within the city. And one of them specifically who is in the tech sector um, said, well, you know, we'll never get it because we don't have, you know, the, 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 the tech pool or the town pool here. And I was just like, number one, you're in the, that sector, so why would you say that? But I'm, I'm glad to hear um, you say that that's really not the case. So just to be clear, we have an amazing tech talent pool here in Miami. Well, so we did more than just look at Miami's talent pool. We mm-hmm. looked beyond Miami. We looked to Broward. We looked to Palm Beach. And frankly, if Amazon decides to locate here, mm-hmm. really the entire state of Florida, the entire United States is mm-hmm. a talent pool that will be attractive here. Uh, we know that because uh, there's roughly 1,000 people coming to uh, or relocating to South Florida every week. Right. And in that 1,000, there's certainly tech talent. And frankly, if they decide to locate here, the likelihood that more tech talent will come is very high. So that's not a major concern to us. Sure. But we also have a wonderful pool available to us in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you have to do is look at our universities. Right. Look at those coding academies and others that have popped up in this region that's helping to fill the pipeline. We're convinced that based on the time horizon that uh, Amazon has set, the about 15 years or so to grow to 50,000 employees, we're well positioned to step up to that and meet any requirements they have for talent. So we're talking to Michael Finney, CEO of Beacon Council here on the Miami Real Estate Podcast. He is from Illinois. Uh, sorry, he is from Michigan, not Illinois. I'm going to be stumbling on that all, all through this interview. So thanks for bearing with me, uh, Michael. So let's talk a little bit about what the biggest uh challenge or obstacle was that we encountered in the process of the proposal? Well, I I think, like with most communities, Clint, a company like Amazon does something that's very unusual, which is to put out a public solicitation. Um, You certainly then need to react to a lot more uh, voices than you typically would. Mm -hmm. In our case, we have literally had to engage about 40 different organizations in order to develop a full fledged proposal. So imagine uh, the complexity of doing that 
in about a four to six week time frame. It's not an easy thing to accomplish. And so we had to go to a lot of different organizations and a lot of individuals and ask them to provide us with certain information and data that would allow us to then wrap up the proposal to meet the deadline that we had for Amazon. And we were fortunate that everybody stepped up and said, we can help. Mm -hmm. uh, we think that one of the contributing factors was the fact that we are the community's fiduciary for the One Community, One Goal initiative. Uh, it really gives us license to engage across the entire community on a lot of factors. Uh, so we uh, have a focus on infrastructure, on talent, on leadership, on education, on workforce, uh, on tourism. I mean, there's just, we touch so many different areas as a part of the One Community, One Goal initiative. Mm -hmm. Our ability then to convert that into talking points for a proposal like Amazon sure. was a pretty seamless process. A lot of work because there were so many different organizations we needed to touch, but uh, the good fortune is is that we had those relationships in place and they'd been there for a period of time. So uh, as, the, as the ringleader then, let's say, of this massive project, uh, they say hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Uh, aside from turning Irma away from us, is there anything that you would have done differently in, in handling the, the proposal? Well, I think uh, there's always opportunities for improvement. I'm just a continuous improvement kind of person. But the reality is, uh, I'll answer that question more appropriately once we find out if we're it. I love that answer. So, so. If, if Miami-Dade is selected, I don't know that I'd change a whole lot. Uh, if we're not, I'm sure we're going to identify some opportunities that we have for corrective action. Uh, I would expect that Amazon would give us feedback about areas where we came up a little bit short as a community, and then we would work to fix those. Sure. Then in, in terms of, the, you know, the question is still out there, but let's say in a perfect world, if there was something that you would uh, change or improve or alter about Miami that you think would increase our likelihood, it would, what would that be, if anything? Yeah, I think we put together a very strong proposal. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, there's a lot of different individuals and organizations out there who have handicapped the probability of Amazon landing in one community or another. Sure. And so going back to day one, when the initial RFP was, was released, uh, there was a list of communities, and Miami was hardly mentioned among them. Mm. In fact, we had to really dig to find Miami being referenced as a potential site. And that process has not changed a lot in the past you know, six or seven months since the RFP was originally released. And I just think that... Um, a lot of folks, both in the community and outside the community, really underestimate just how amazing this community is and how attractive it can be to companies like Amazon. I think that's the first of many opportunities that we will have. Uh, I think as, part of it is we have to tell our story beyond our community. Uh, we need the rest of the United States, and especially business decision makers and business influencers, to understand the amazing assets we have here beyond fun. We know it's a fun place to be, but it's also a serious business place. And if you look at some of the key industry sectors we have, whether it's banking and finance, mm -hmm. trade and logistics, healthcare, uh, I can go on and on. There are some amazing business sectors here that really drive this community as much as we can have fun. So from our perspective, um, we had a very robust proposal. Mm -hmm. And it's obvious that Amazon took it seriously because right. we're one of the 20 communities that survived from original list of 238. 
and uh, which we just an, which is an amazing accomplishment accomplishment within itself, right? Well, we're excited about that, but I also say, you know, I'm a sore loser. So if we don't get it, uh, I'm not a happy camper. But I do recognize that it's a long shot. It's like buying a lottery ticket, mm-hmm. and you hope to win. And if we do. Uh, it's because we put our best foot forward. And if we don't, we try and learn some lessons so mm-hmm. that the next time we have an opportunity to compete, we are better than we were the last time around. So you talked about, uh, you know, odds, right? So let's say what what was your um, what was your optimistic uh, perspective percentage-wise at the onset, uh, let's say, and then what was it now after we made it into the top 20? Yeah, at the onset, I actually expected there would be more than 238 proposals. So that's how many they actually received. Uh, I thought they may get, you know, 500, maybe 700 to 1,000. I mean, it, I really expected to see a lot of proposals because many communities will su- submit a proposal even though they don't meet all the requirements. They just yeah. take a chance. Uh, but even at 238, uh, we're one in 238. That's a 0.004%. <laughs> probability of us getting it. I would not bet on that percentage. Now that we're one of 20, mm-hmm. it's 5%. Sure. If you just do the math. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is, is that in each community, there are favorables and unfavorables. Okay. Uh, there are some things that, that they're going to look at and say, Miami is stronger at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you we're stronger at diversity. We're stronger in terms of our connectedness to mm-hmm. places like Latin America and others. Um, we have uh, an, an academic population of nearly, you know, 400,000 students between the three counties. I mean, there are just some incredible favorables that we have that we think will contribute to, to our potential success. And, uh, and so handicapping it is a very difficult thing to do because it's more than just the simple math. And right now, uh, we're just focused on uh, you know, we were focused on being as responsive as we could to the requirements of the proposal, and we think we did uh, a pretty good job of, of drafting a proposal that made sense. Well, we have all the faith in you and all the confidence in the world and excited to see uh, what, uh, what, what decision comes forward. We're here with Michael Finney, CEO of Beacon Council, one of the major and most uh, important institutions in the city of Miami. So, Michael, tell us, the proposal aside, what do you believe to be the most important issue or issues facing our city moving forward and, um, and, and the, the, the pillars that Beacon Council supports? Well, so I'll speak from the area that I have expertise in that our organization is responsible for, and that's economic prosperity, because there are many other priorities throughout the community. But when it comes to economic development, I think we have to tell our story more effectively on a national and international basis. Um, We need to become a sought-after location by business, and you only get there by telling your story. Um, Other regions do it, and other regions invest much more heavily and you know, marketing initiatives that really get their voice out uh, to targeted industries and targeted businesses. And, and that's what we need to do. I, I see it as a priority. It's something that we're focused on as an organization. And uh, we see opportunities, not just in uh, the region that we're in, but across the United States and across the world. Uh, Europe is a very attractive location in addition to Latin America. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, China and Asia is another major opportunity for Miami. But we have to tell the story so that when business decision makers are in that process, they'll have us on the list and we'll have a chance to compete. 
So speaking of telling that story, I love the Advantage Miami publication that, that you all produce. If you haven't seen it, it's this beautiful uh, piece there. For those of you that are listening, you obviously can't see the magazine, but you can probably find it on the website um, on beaconcouncil.com. So when you're putting, there's some great data in there, great sort of research material as we're constantly from our end and, and the real estate side of it, looking to tell that why Miami story. What was probably one of the most, um, one of the most surprising positive things, let's say, about Miami that stuck out to you as you were sort of getting acclimated with the city? Well, interestingly enough, it is all the advantages of Miami. And so I think it's just totally appropriate that our our magazine is titled Advantage Miami, and you'll start to see us use that as a branding message more and more often. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so simple to just uh, look outside on any given day and say, Advantage Miami, uh, Advantage Talent. Advantage technology, advantage education, advantage sun and fun. I mean, those are tremendous opportunities that we have to tell the world about all that's really cool about Miami. And so uh, we like to say advantage Miami, um, advantage Amazon, and hopefully they'll see it the same way. So then where do, where do we see, uh, last question for you here, Michael, where do we see the city of Miami in the next 10 years? Well, I, uh, you know, the, the, the most interesting conversation I have about Miami's long-term future uh, was with uh, Mayor Jimenez. Mm-hmm. And he talks about there being this, uh, uh, you know, triad of world-class cities in the United States. He talks about New York City, and I think we get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about, you know, San Francisco. I think we get that. He even throws L.A. in there, and I think we get that. Mm-hmm. And then there's Miami. And we sit in a very unique geography that has really positioned us to be that other great city. Mm-hmm. Uh, the access that we have through our airport and our seaport, and so the connectedness, mm-hmm. the ability to move goods and services through this community, uh, the advantages that we have in terms of a growing, thriving population, more than 1,000 people showing up in South Florida every single week. And that number is likely to increase. So advantage talent, advantage people, advantage opportunity. And so uh, we just have a, a great opportunity to be that, to be one of those great cities of the future. And uh, I just expect that we're going to see an awful lot of progress toward that over the next 10 years. I believe it. We believe it. So final words, whether it's for the community, for the, the, the decision makers at Amazon, for our listeners, uh, what do you want to leave us with, Michael? Uh, my word is optimistic. And I just think we need to remain optimistic. And if not this project, there will be others. And we just have to make sure that we continue to put our best foot forward as a community, that we work in partnership with uh, other organizations across the community. And ultimately, we're going to be very successful. Thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this was Michael Finney, CEO of Beacon Council. We went inside the Amazon HQ2 proposal. We hope you enjoyed listening and come back soon. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and we certainly enjoyed making it. We hope you will come back. We've got some more great content dedicated to informing, intriguing, and inspiring Miami real estate professionals. Where can you find us? We're on the podcast store, wherever podcasts are available. That's iTunes, of course. We're also on Podbean, Spotify, 
Audible, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can even ask Alexa about us. Go ahead and visit Cervera.com slash blog. That's where our newsroom is located. We've got some more great content there as well, market reports, and more. You can sign up for our newsletter there. Connect with us on social at CerveraRE or send us an email, Miami Real Estate Podcast at Cervera.com. We would love to hear from you. So from all of us here in Miami, where the future is always bright, until next time. Thank you.